You know the vibes! Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast, presented by NBA 2K23, Momootsi and BJ Armstrong. And today, we're doing a front office edition of the episode, because there are things that have changed <laughs> in the front offices and in the ownerships of some teams, and we're going to talk about mm. them. But while we're talking about them, I want to tell you guys about one of my favorite things to do in my free time. Because you see here, BJ, over in the UK, we have a problem. We don't have any basketball courts that we can go and play on, right? So in the wintertime... Indoor or outdoor? Indoor. So in the wintertime, usually we play outdoor, but you know when it's snowing and the court's covered in snow, you can't really play in the snow. So when it's snowing, I like to go on NBA 2K and they have a mode called My NBA. And in that mode, you are the general manager of the NBA team of your choosing. You can even this year be a current general manager or you can go back and play in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. And um, you get to manage the uh, movement of players, trades, free agents, rookies. You can also go into the ownership and manage the franchise to granular details, including how much fans will pay for parking at your games and how to increase attendance, etc, etc. So I enjoy doing that. And if you want to practice what it's like to be an NBA GM, give that a go. Because today we're talking about some front office news. BJ, as you have some experience in an NBA front office, people might not be aware that you were involved in the Bulls front office shortly after you retired. Mm I want to get your takes Mm -hmm. on some of these movements. Here we have a tweet from Adrian Wojnarowski, who says, After six seasons, Atlanta's president of basketball operations, Travis Schlenk, is moving into a senior advisory role. General manager Landry Fields, who some of you might be thinking that's a familiar name, that's a New York Knicks legend, Landry Fields, will oversee basketball operations. Schlenk's acquired significant talent, including Trey Young, and reached the Eastern Conference Finals in 2021. So you can tell who leaked the news to Walsh by how he framed that tweet. Shout out to Travis Schlenk. But what do you make of this movement in the Hawks front office? You know, Mo, once you've been around as long as I've been, as long as I've been around the NBA, you know, I, I look at these things and go, okay, you know, you're just switching titles around. Okay. Without question, Landry and whoever else is in whatever they're moving around, Travis Link is going to have a voice moving forward. Why? Because he's the most senior executive that they have. They're not going to be doing all of these movements without having him in an advisory role or having an input. However, you know, will he be making the day-to-day calls from one executive to another? No, he probably won't. Now that will probably go to Landry Fields. You know, I, Landry Fields and and someone else, some other person that, you know, that's here. I, I think probably, I think his son, I think his name is Nick, I believe. Um, uh, uh, Nick, I think that's his son's name. The yep. younger son will probably be doing that. So, I, I, to me, this is just like standard NBA protocols, you know, stuff. You know, when they do a big move, right? A big move would be, you know, whether or not they're going to move one of their high, let's just say, high-profile players. Without question, Travis, they're going to run this by Travis's desk. They're going to run this by their entire group, 
you know, it'll be a group decision. However, the day-to-day stuff, calling agents, calling other, you know, general managers, okay, that that's fine. So I don't think this is really a big deal at all. More just, okay, we're just shifting how we're going to answer the phone calls or how we're going to initiate a trade call. And that's really no big deal. Do you think this has anything to do with ownership not wanting to spend into the luxury tax? Has that been something they've not been keen to do? Because they had a conference finals team and they've got all the pieces to make a successful run to be contenders. But it looks like they're not looking to spend the money. And they even talk about trading John Collins or Capella or Bogdanovich all the time to dodge paying luxury tax next year. So do you think that is a differing opinion of Travis Schlenk who wants to build the best team they put out on the court versus ownership who want to save some money? How are you going to save money and you've already paid the max to... Well, it's the luxury tax payments. So they will keep the entire team salary per year under the cap of luxury tax. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. How are you going to build a team and you've already committed the max? And I'm going to assume to retain Deontay Murray, yeah. you're going to have to pay him the max. Max or so near max. I, yeah, well, he, he's, he's a max player. <laughs> he's, mm-hmm. Because he was going to get the max as an all-star in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So... Okay, that doesn't that that doesn't even register with me, because anything less than the max at this stage for him, to me, would signal a massive rebuild or retool mm-hmm. within the organization. So again, sounds, you know, I, I guess you can. I guess that could be a possibility. However, I don't even see that being a possibility the way he's playing there, Deontay Murray, the way he's performing there. And he was an all-star before he got traded. Mm -hmm. So to me, you're an all-star player. You're playing at a very high level. He seems to, they seem to have chemistry the way those two play together. Like suddenly now you're going to say, we don't want to go into the luxury tax. You just paid the kid Hunter, right? DeAndre Hunter. You just paid him. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have to have some type of shot blocking or rim protection with Trey Young at the at the point guard position. So Clint Capella, you're going to have to retain him or a player similar to or him. Kong Wu, who they've got. Okay, all right. If he if he is the guy, uh, uh, so to me, it's just a matter of what do, what are you trying to say? Like it doesn't. Yeah. Everything looks pretty much set in place, other than now they got to go out there and win games. So. Um, I, I I don't see that. I don't see that perspective, but it could be. I mean, that could be that could be a perspective. Well, you know, speaking of moves in the front office and above that, the Phoenix Suns we know were up for sale, and they have been sold for four billion U.S. dollars. The okay. NBA wanted to get rid of Dan Gilbert and gave him four billion dollars as a going away present. Um, they've been bought by Matt Ishbia. Ishbaya, I'm not mm-hmm. sure on the pronunciation. Please forgive me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he has become the NBA's youngest owner at just the age of 42. He made his mm-hmm. money through a mortgage company that his dad started, uh, United Wholesale Mortgage. He has a feud with Cleveland Cavaliers owner, Dan Gilbert. Okay. Did you know this? 
They have rival mortgage companies. They're from Michigan. They're from Michigan. Yeah. They're from they, Michigan. So they I, both I this, went yeah. to Michigan State. And this is where it gets funny. Mm-hmm. They both went to Michigan State and Ishbia donated 32 million to the MSU Athletics Department last year. But just one month later, Dan Gilbert announced a five-year deal that made Rocket Mortgage the presenting sponsor of the basketball team. So they have their little feud. So I can't wait to watch the Suns versus Cavs game because I think that would be pretty funny. But, um, you know, good for the Suns. They've got new ownership. They're going in a new direction. Mo, you, you got first world problems right now, Mo. You got first world problems. BJ, I have huge problems. I just don't want to talk about them on a podcast. I'm trying to uplift everyone in the day. They don't want to hear about my problems. If we're going to do that, we're going to have to start a separate podcast where I can just complain about my real life problems. But I'll keep that all hidden and put on a smiley face for the listeners. Okay. But then, okay, so here's the deal. They've been bought for $4 billion. They've got an owner who plays college basketball. He averaged 0.6 points per game for three seasons at Michigan State. Now, this can go one of two ways. Either he's bought a team because he just loves basketball and he has a genuine interest and he's really passionate, like a you know, a very passionate owner, or given his experience in basketball, he may start meddling in front office affairs. Which case do you see playing out in front of us? How involved do you want an owner to be in these kind of day-to-day runnings of a team. All right, here's a little dark secret in the NBA. You can't have an absentee owner in today's sports. Mm-hmm. It, has to, it has to, because leadership, right, which is the most important thing, it has to come from the top barrel. So the days of an absentee owner where, you know, the, the general manager or the president or whomever, whatever the title you, you, you give these executives today, you're going to need the participation of everyone if you're going to have a successful organization. So how involved? You got to be all, you got to be all the way in. Okay. And, and the reason you have to be all the way in is because you have to manage the economics of this business, you have to manage the personalities of this business, you have to evaluate people, players in this business, and you're putting together a team and that requires a full unit, a full group of people to do that. So how involved? Hopefully, he, like so many owners, have learned that this is this is unlike any other their business you've probably had to run because you have people involved that have to perform in an event mm-hmm. that's live, right? This isn't yeah. like, this it's, isn't it's like, not like any other business. Yeah. So hopefully he, like all the other owners, you, you, it, it's, it's going to require you to be involved with this 24 seven. Mm-hmm. That's that. That's the game. So, congratulations. Um, I, I thought that was that's a that's a great city out there in, in Arizona and in Phoenix, uh, in the state of Arizona, I should say, and they have a really good team. So, you know what? Now you're into a business where you're not just gonna do this as an absentee and be successful. All right, at least it hasn't. It hasn't that hasn't shown to be the formula in in you know recently. So you know what? I and it seems like he's up for the task. Certainly, um, it's gonna be different than anything that you've done. And I enjoy watching it as it's evolved and what it is, but 
it's going to require everything that you have to run a successful organization. And that always starts at the top. So congrats. Here we go. And uh, I'm just glad now that, you know, that that's kind of, uh, you know, the team has been bought now and now they'll settle in as quickly as they can and, and move forward. Well, you know, speaking of owning a team, um, someone sent me a tweet yesterday saying that LeBron and Fenway sports group are purchasing an NBA team in Las Vegas, which I don't believe to be true right now because the NBA hasn't announced expansion. However, they did announce, well, Adam Silver confirmed the NBA will consider expansions in Mexico city, which is interesting as this, the Spurs and the heat just played a game in Mexico city. And, um, Adam Silver said, there's no doubt we'll be seriously looking at Mexico city over time. How do you think that that's going to go for the NBA in terms of adding more teams? Do you think they're going to add two? Do you think well, they're going to add four? How wide of an expansion do you think we could see in this league? I I I think now with the economy and the way things are going, expansion is a real possibility. I think they will probably do a minimum of two. Um, one know, in the so east and one in the west, equal, or you know, in the west, shift yes. someone from um, the west. To I, the east. I think eventually. I think eventually. To me, it just seems obvious that at some point you're going to have to have a European division. I, I I just think that's, you know, you look at the interests of the World Cup in football, you know, what we call soccer here in the States. Mm-hmm. I just think it's just a natural progression. I think you, you, you have to do it. If you're going to have a world champion, right, they say the NBA world champion, you got to participate with the world. Well, they do okay. that. They do that in the Super Bowl, world champions, as if any other countries play American football. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to get sidetracked. But that's a, that's a, yeah, <laughs> we're that, that, we're that's world a, champions yeah. at a sport that only we play because we created it and no yeah. one else plays. But we're yeah. world champions. So, <laughs> but I think for the interest of the game, as you can see, the participation of a third of the league now, the third of the, the players that play in the NBA now are foreign-born players. So to me, it's just a natural progression, right? You're going to add Mexico City. You have a team now currently playing in Toronto, in Canada. Um, I just think it's a natural progression that you'll have a team in London. You'll have a team in, you know, Milan. You'll have a team in Germany. You'll have a team in, in Spain. You'll you'll have, you'll, you'll have a team here. Um, and I think... You know, it is only a matter of time because you're going to have to have the if it's going to be world champion, if you're going to have all of this. You know, participation and you want the world to watch, I think you have to have, you know, I think there will be a European division. I really do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just, you know, then I think you can work out the economics when you have the participation you know, in, you know, in, in Berlin, you can have a team in, 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 in Milan, you can have a team in London, you can have a team in Paris, and then you can work out to figure out how, whether you can play 82 games or not. Now, to me, you have a true participation. And I think that works. You have Mexico City, you have Toronto, you have New York, you have Los Angeles. To me, that would be really cool. And now you at the end, you'll actually have a tournament or the playoffs or whatever they were going to call it. And now you got the world playing. See, see, now you're talking, but 
We need that London team. We need me and BJ to be the executives yeah, of that team. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah. that right now. Uh, well, you you could be an executive. I, <laughs> <laughs> BJ wants to be I, an I owner. Passive. BJ well, wants to be the owner of the it, team. Well, it's not even the owner. It is the greatest thing mode that I've experienced in this lifetime. Okay, is to participate on a team. That that. It, everyone wants to get caught up in titles, right? He's the owner, he's the GM, he's whatever, he's the star player. Being part of a successful group mode, I found nothing greater. Like, I found nothing greater to experience. Like, mm-hmm. you're part of a successful group. Now, for me, that does it for me. That, that just... That's right up my, that's who I am. I'm, I am a part of a group and we're all trying to figure out the same thing and we know our role. Mm-hmm. Now that to me is, so that to me is what it's all about. Now, who's the owner? Who's this? I'm not into that because, all right, you're the owner, but you're the, you, you, your, your group can't, compete well what kind of owner are you <laughs> you are the the executive i you know because i don't i don't do the blame game i like to figure out that to be is the greatest experience right the heightened thing where i got to get outside of myself i got mo and i got to figure out this one common thing and we are i mean i i'm i'm i'm, I'm like my life is dedicated to figuring out this one thing for so we can be the best group. Now that to me is the greatest things I've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. And you know it. I don't know how you know it. You just know it. Like every day you walk in and you're like, okay, I'm walking in and all 20 of us are thinking the same thing. Like I've never experienced anything higher than that. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys aren't talking. Well, how you know it? We we just know it, right? Yeah. We all dedicated. So if that experience I'm looking for, because you don't see that one often. You don't, mm-hmm. oh, you may never experience that. Mm-hmm. Now, what, however that plays, whatever position, so be the position. But if I could, I'm always looking to share that experience with my family, with my friends, like you and I, like we we turn on, we have a common interest. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk basketball. Mm-hmm. You and I are going to talk basketball. Mm-hmm. We don't even have to talk about it. We just know that <laughs> that's what we think. <laughs> yeah, what's that, understood that, that, does not need to be said. A, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, if, if to be a part of that to me is the ultimate, and that that is the most that's the greatest feel. I mean, I'm excited just talking about that. Like, just think, wow, okay, I'm in the room with 50 other people, and we're all trying to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, how cool is that? Like, that, that to me is like, okay, that's cool. You're not worried about stats. You're not worried about who's getting the recognition. You're not worried about any of it. You're just saying, okay, okay, Mo, we trying to get this chip. Yep. How are we gonna do it? Yep. <laughs> and everybody, and everybody's bought in. Like Mo, and it, it is, it is. I'm telling you, that is the greatest thing I've ever experienced. That I've ever experienced, and. Uh, and that's what's cool about family, right? You know, is everyone kind of knows the family dynamics 
and uh, you don't have to talk about it. It's it's kind of understood. So, man, well, I want to win a championship someday. Um, so to help me do that, subscribe to the podcast, get the listeners up, and uh, you know we'll make moves from here on out. But uh, yeah, that's a little whip around front offices, comings and goings, ownerships, expansions, all that good stuff. And BJ, I know you want to talk about the on-court stuff. So tomorrow we'll be back talking about more on-court. <laughs> Thank and, uh, you. Thank have you. A, have a little preview of the Christmas Day games coming up. We're going to be giving some uh, previews and predictions of that later this week. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Don't miss a beat. And most importantly, until next time, get buckets.